Now I'd like to introduce Harold Ferber. Um, just a couple of things. Um, Harold's going to talk about a National Indigenous Art um, and Culture Centre, uh, but I just want to uh, make note that uh, Harold and I go back a long way. We actually met in the Philippines uh, in 1989 for the Peace Brigade. So, Harold. Peace Brigade in the Philippines. Interesting. Oh, actually, part of my journey, learning journey there was actually go conference in uh, Metro Manila. We went back there, but part of my uh, journey as a peacemaker or whatever, was to go to southern Mindanao. And southern Mindanao in the end of 89, 90 was basically in a state of war three uh, warring parties um, so I went down there and uh, I felt okay I got us uh, looked after by the local people and knew where to go and where not to go and went up into the mountains and and talked to indigenous people there and and uh, obviously the issues that they have there are similar to the ones here they wanted to particularly show me a mine that was operating by, B, by being operated by BHP and thought I, when I came back to Australia I could actually have some talks with BHP on their behalf. So we have these uh, ongoing national, local, national and international battles and connections and friends. Okay, so thanks for inviting me here, Vicky and others. I'd like to acknowledge the uh, Gadigal people here and thank uh, thanks for that welcome this morning uh, down there and <coughs> and uh, these just acknowledge that the speeches this morning Anne and Adrian were inspiring um, they they were they what about what this conference is about mine's a little bit different and it, and um, and it's about maybe what we can do. And so I was a little bit confused, but it sort of comes together, thanks also to um, the previous speaker, Clayton, who I've known for years, um, sort of led me into it. So what I'm, what I'm on about is, um, well, first of all, a, bit, a little bit about myself. Uh, born in Alice Springs, uh, Arada families, uh, both my, well, my mother and grandparents, all Arada. Uh, but grew up at Croker Island. Uh, was a Methodist mission in Western Arnhem, Arnhem Land, um, with a lot of other, obviously, with other lot of lot of other kids from across the Northern Territory. Uh, also with local people, Iwaja and Maung people. So I got to learn that language there, and uh, to go out hunting, gathering, and and all the bush tucker and seasons of the top end. I went to school in Darwin, and then. Uh, Went off to play footy and a few other things. Um, I'd like to acknowledge the, the Adam Good stuff. I just thought it's um, interesting because, uh, from my own experience, it can be very, very lonely out on the out in the middle of a footy field in front of forty thousand people. It can feel a bit, yeah, it can feel a bit lonely if you're being abused. Uh, certainly, uh, I think the issue with Adam Goods this week is indicative of some of the things I think that we're talking about. And um, 
and what I'll be talking about and whether Australia itself as a country has, well, I don't think the question is whether it has or it hasn't, it hasn't, dealt with its past and its present. And I think this, the way that Adam is being treated is uh, indicative of that. Um, you know, in our capital city. It's happening in our capital cities. People don't know it's the constant booing whenever he gets near the footy. Um, for Australian rules people, most people know, but for others, if we don't follow sport at all, yeah, it's him being booed consistently and the arguments whether it's racist or not, it is clearly racist. So with that background, I'll uh, try to go into what I'm, on, what I'm on about. And it's to do with trying to... Um, another way of doing things, I suppose, and looking at Australia from the other way around, from the centre or the bush to the capital city. The issues that have mostly come up today are from the bush, but we're here in a capital city getting the message through. That's how, that's how it is. So I was trying to turn that idea around to say we in the bush, including Alice Springs, we have things to say. And let's unite, let's somehow unite to get those messages through. So that's, that's the, I suppose, the rationale that the projects I'm working on. Um, a couple of other things, I worked with the Central Land Council for some time. I saw the native, when native title, the, the uh, I was actually studying in, in Canberra when the native, native title, when um, Eddie Marber won his case. It was like a thing off my shoulder. Didn't have to explain Terranales anymore. Uh, unfortunately, um, Western governments uh, have to, uh, I'm not trying to defend them, but have to then take on board the legal issues and then um, put, it, put it in acts and, and so forth. So the, 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 the native title that Mr Marble had won, quite frankly, is different to the Native Title Act, because by definition it changes, because it's a Western concept. It's no longer, if you like, native, it is Western. So that's our issue, I think, all the time with the, with the Native Title Act. It has been taken into the Western system. Um, so I worked for the, uh, just another couple of things about native title. I had a job to do to, well, part of my work was to go around Central Australia to explain the WIC amendments to the Native Title Act, or try to. And so I'd go out bush and, you know, well, uncles and all that be sitting there and, okay, yeah, I'm going to talk about what John Howard's do doing and what he attempts, attempting to do in the Native Title Act. Well, what's the native title? Oh, it's uh, uh, a new act that's come about because of the court case. What court case? Oh, the overthrowing of terra nullius. Oh, why are you talking like that, young fella? Well, it's, it's, it's Latin. It means terra, that means country, and nullius means nothing, nobody's. So nobody's country. Oh, you can see the... There's almost humour going on. That's just unbelievable. And uh, so this sort of silence and silence and... Young fella, 
you trying to tell us that when Captain Cook come here and he painted a flag, there was no one there? No one was here? Wasn't there people watching him? Well, that's usually where we go when in Aboriginal Australia. Someone's watching you somewhere, or they know where you go, even across the desert. Someone will know you somewhere. Anyway, uh, yeah, I had to try and explain it, and they sort of were just like, just, it, was, it couldn't, it was impossible. And uh, we all laughed about it, um, but serious business, though. But trying to explain to people, they actually, first of all, that, well, it was impossible. I gave up trying to tell people that, as far as the Crown was concerned, they didn't know in the country. They had to prove it. It was a waste of time. That's just a little thing I thought you'd know, would like to know, because uh, we'll talk about native title here. So, the plan. Uh, in Alice Springs, we decided what's the future of Alice Springs. The future of Alice Springs is set within the context of remote Australia, particularly Central Australia. Central Australia is um, far from everything, um, yet in some ways uh, um, it's closest to everything. We're closest to every beach, for example. We're closest to every whole range of things, Aboriginal people. We're the closest to all Aboriginal people in Australia. From Broome to here, North Queensland, Noongar country, people, uh, Koori's in Perth, I'm pointing the right way, Perth, to Yulnu people, we're in the centre. So what, what do we do? It's mainly Central Australia. Let's try and work out different ways of doing things. Let's look at a knowledge economy. So we came up with this idea of developing a knowledge economy in Alice Springs, and uh, so we worked together on that. Um, we found land. There's Aboriginal people who drove, drove this. The Aboriginal people in Alice drove this. We got government on side. There was a um, window of opportunity. There was a Labor government just got elected. First time in 27 years and wanted to work closely with the Aboriginal people. Uh, I must say first that in the Northern Territory we don't have serious... 30% of the... 30% of the population is Aboriginal. So we do have a better sway, I suppose, with our government, in the Northern Territory, that is, because of that sheer population number, 30%. And, of course, others that are, would be sympathetic to or, or, or have Aboriginal interest in their, their minds too. So we have a little different uh, thing. So we had a window of opportunity. A Labor government got in, wanted to work with Aboriginal people, so let's work on this project. So... Can you get that out So we came up with this uh, we, after a lot of work. Yeah. 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 So we developed this idea of a precinct outside of Alice. As I said, it was driven by Aboriginal people and less developed into a knowledge economy. Welcome to the Desert Knowledge Precinct. The Desert Knowledge Precinct is a 73 hectare site in Alice Springs bringing together Aboriginal and other knowledge. And it's the home to a number of organisations working on their own and together to create a knowledge community, campus or centre of excellence. This knowledge community includes science and research capabilities, education and training opportunities and ways of bringing people and expertise together. This site has been planned and developed to take into consideration and acknowledge the successful native title claim in Alice Springs by the Yarrama people through an indigenous land use agreement. The land use agreement was signed by representatives from the native title group, Lurritipa, the Central Land Council, 
the Northern Territory Government and Desert Northern Australia. Bachelor Institute of Indigenous Territory Education is Australia's only dedicated Indigenous dual sector education provider. The Centre for Appropriate Technology is a national science and technology Indigenous non-profit organisation that aims to secure sustainable livelihoods through appropriate technologies. The Desert People Centre is a joint venture between Bachelor Institute and the Centre for Appropriate Technology. It is committed to working together to develop better innovative links between education and training. SARA has had a continuing research presence in Alice Springs since 1953. Niji One Limited is a not-for-profit private company established in 2003. Niji One manages the intellectual property from the former Desert Knowledge Cooperative Research Centre research activities and partnerships of the Cooperative Research Centre for Remote Economic Participation and the Australian Feral Camel Management Project. Desert Knowledge Australia is a national organisation that identifies and develops key local and national projects that contribute to a social, economic and environmentally sustainable future for desert and remote Australia. On behalf of all the organisations involved in setting up this site, and the organisations on the precinct are welcome um, That's a bit dated now, but uh, that gives you the background of the, the, the site and uh, the aims. Those it was correct at that time, but there's been some changes with change of government and so forth. Um, and, um, yeah. Now, the other... Yeah, can you hang that on? What's that? Don't know what that is. Sorry. For a week of workshops, where they also met. I don't know how this got on here, but then. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not much better. Right, so now. Um, so, what I'm doing, what I'm going to talk about now, is a proposal to for an Aboriginal um, cultural centre or something to that effect. This is the first time I've actually presented outside of Central Australia. We went around, we, the idea was we'd, talk, we'd, we'd, we'd build up the case in Central Australia and make sure everybody's on board. And we've done that, a group of people, um, using funds uh, provided, you know, on, on money, on funds. And uh, we've done that throughout Central Australia from um, talking to the land councils out at... Um, Lake Nash on the Queensland border to the town council, Alice Springs Town Council. Um, you could see they were divided. One lot wanted to do it because of the money. Obviously, it's income into Alice. The other lot is great for the healing of Alice Springs and, and Australia. They could see it, the two different things, but that's okay. Talk to the Chamber of Commerce and Alice. Well, they just see it as opportunities, make a quid. Um, and talk to our, all the Aboriginal organisations in town and uh, they've supported us with letters and so forth. So this is my first presentation out of Central Australia. Um, it's a... Uh, um, what we're doing is we're trying to, I guess, talk to people about uh, having a hub or a, a place that people can come together. There isn't one in Australia, not an Aboriginal-led one. There's the various museums, universities, but they're not... They're not um, Aboriginal uh, specific and not Aboriginal 
controlled, if you like. So we want something that um, talks about the Aboriginal interpretation of our shared history in Australia, <coughs> and obviously some of the things that uh, have been talked about here today uh, is part of it. It certainly will not and cannot um, talk about people's own country. Um, that's not what it's about. It's trying to tell the, the national narrative um, because you can't talk about issues in the Kimberleys, for example, in Alice Springs. To do that, you have to go to the Kimberleys and presumably to, people, to talk to people in the Kimberleys about the issues there and the, particularly their cultural activity there and same as North Queensland or, or Noongar country or whatever. But it's that to try and pull something together to provide a bit of a national uh, narrative. So we've sort of put one something together. We're um, looking around for some... Yeah. So I'll just go through this. Um, where's the... Which one do you press? This is Okay, it's straightforward. Yeah, I won't go through everything, but it's uh, driven by the community. Um, be based, Wilson's based in Alice at that precinct I talked about. It can have linkages to, to wherever um, across Australia. So it's a spokes, uh, hub and spokes model, if you like. Uh, nation building, we don't have anything in Australia, I don't think, anywhere in the country. We looked around. Um, a forward-looking institution that contributes to a more united future. Just trying to look forward. Uh, I think there's the, the, the issue of the cultural cringe of Australia. This is the, this is the white full of cultural cringe historically where people, cultural people, writers and others had to go overseas to, to get acknowledged, even the band and so forth. They went overseas to get acknowledged. They couldn't even get acknowledged in their own country. Um, that's what that's about, and um, as we know, we don't have to tell this audience here about the lack of respect for Aboriginal people and Aboriginal culture and cultural heritage. Um, so what we want to do is just continue that um, there's some artists. Um, um, there's a Nar Namajira there, one of my relations, and Namajira country. Uh, just some shots of what's happening now. Alice is a sort of centre of, of culture as it is, but we want to build it up more. Uh, there are, yeah, so it's a, there's sections of, of Indigenous sections around um, universities and other places, but there aren't one specifically. Why Alice? Um, Alice is the centre of Australia. It's the cultural heart. It's the uh, iconic heart for Whitefellas. Um, as I said earlier on, it's closest to people. People can get there easier than probably anywhere else. Um, we also have those, um, what we call the, in our country there or south of us, the Jukupa and stories that crisscross the country that link us, link us all. A lot of them come through Central Australia, of course, as they crisscross the country. Um, so that all comes through Central Australia. A lot of them do. Uh, again, there, that's just um, emphasising the fact that Alice is central. It is um, easy to, to get to. Uh, already a highly significant body of, of knowledge. 
and proximity to many Indigenous communities within Central Australia anyway, let alone its distance from the rest of the country. Um, there's, yeah, there's a very strong existing art and cultural scene. Um, birthplace of Indigenous med community media. Um, might have been forgotten now, but Carmel kicked off there, and then, and then the radio, the radio station, and then the TV station, and following all that was, of course, um, NITV. NITV was there for a little, little while, but now it's based here, I think. We already have Alice Springs for a smallish town. It's already had strong, got strong um, experience and background in developing and putting together national. Um, uh, cultural events such as the Yiprinya Festival. There's an existing infrastructure, even though it's remote, from the capital cities. Uh, um, it's got, uh, yeah, it's a uh, strong infrastructure, unlike uh, communities further out. Uh, daily direct flights, why now? They've got this, we're trying to, trying to use up some of the terminology they use, northern development. Well, we're not part of the northern development stuff, like, like development, development. That seems to be what that means, but we're going to try to use some of the, some of their terminology to turn it around. The post-apology, um, well, I suppose we an apology to us too. I was actually in, in Parliament House uh, for that apology, but I don't feel like um, things have moved on all that much with the apology. Um, unifying Indigenous communities in time of uncertainty regarding homelands and provide ongoing support. So it's a supporting mechanism, linking in with other activities that are going on around the country um, that was talked about earlier. Um, we've actually had a couple of trips overseas. I and another group went to New Zealand, Aratoa, and had a look there, and they had already looked at ours place where the proposal was. They said, that's the place to put it. That is the ideal place. We went to um, New Mexico, had a look at the um, Indian Pueblo Center in Albuquerque here, that's it there, and using that as a model too. Um, so, yeah, that's us standing there. Um, so, we're using other models around the world and making these international linkages. Uh, why Alice Springs, why now? Well, Alice Springs is... Um, Central, why now? We need it. We need something. We don't, we don't like to see the abuse and, and, and the destruction going on both for country, animals and people. Um, Alice Springs is an Arundel country. Why not an Arundel centre? Because we want to look past the... I'm Arundel myself. We want to look past the, the, the looking inwards all the time stuff. Look more out because that's where we are. Um, in, Alice, in Central Sur. Uh, how will this work in practical sense? Well, we're not sure, but that's what we're doing. We're going around talking to people. Uh, we, we've got the basis for one, even if it's just uh, around Alice, but um, we want to put something out there. I guess that's what we're here for, putting something out there to you. Um, yeah, so thank you, and I might take questions, eh? Yeah, uh, Harold, um, 
Would the proposed centre also be looking at heritage protection, cultural heritage protection? Well, as hasn't been planned. It's um, this is your part. We're just doing a trying to get something together, getting a planning thing together. This is the planning committee. But um, what I'm picking up is that's critical. Yep. It was planned as part of the original. When I talked about the original desert knowledge thing, all those different bodies. I thought at that stage we, that, that could be critical. Yes. But some of those organisations went, or well, particularly one of them, or, well, one almost died with the change of government in the Northern Territory. And another one went the way almost of... Um, it was the contradiction of what we set it up for, to be in Alice and working out of Alice. It, yeah, I just... It, it uh, sent its, it sent its uh, CEO to Adelaide, so it was a complete opposite, you see? Complete opposite of what the intent was. So we've had a couple of these little things that happen, but I'd imagine that's, if, that's the place to do it, yeah. Yeah, I'm just thinking that a central focus point, not only for Central Australia, WA, but it would be, it could have a capacity to create awareness and include groups from right across the country. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. International groups. The, the, the Territory Government and others talk about Alice Springs being, being a, um, and it already is, a, um, a tourist hub, if you like. And they, that's why some of them like this idea. But, and they can't seem to understand the idea. No, we're not talking about tourists, per se. We're talking about people coming here for an experience, long-term experience, working, and that people might come there to experience the, the centre and the place as an experience. You can call them tourists if you want. But the basis of this is, it's actually the other way around, it's the Aboriginal content and, that, and, and the activities driven by the Aboriginal people, a living place, a living place. What I forgot to mention is a couple of the art movements obviously came out of Central Australia too, I sort of alluded to it, the, the Namagira art movement came out of there and also the, um, what's generally referred to as the Dot Dot painting that's uh, become international, one of the big art movements of the last century that came out of that area. And there's no real, I believe there's no real recognition there in Alice Springs or anywhere in Australia for that. I mean, you, yeah, it's incredible. You look at uh, politicians and others, corporate, law, corporate people being interviewed now in Australia and in the background you see the paintings. Um, um, yes. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I just... I don't know whether you were aware there was going to be a, a major cultural centre at Barangaroo. I don't know, uh, someone in the audience might know if that, that has uh, proceeded, but uh, that came from the advisory body of this, uh, the City Council with Clover Moore. So um, that's just for your information. I don't know what's occurring now, but that, that plan was to have a, a, a major cultural centre at Barangaroo. Yeah, I, um, I was aware that... I am, we became aware of that, yeah. Um, and if people want to do a, a cultural centre in the part of Sydney, I suppose that's their, that's their choice. Um, 
Central Australia, remote Australia isn't Sydney, and Sydney isn't there. So they can complement each other. They can there's one in, you know there's cultural centres in Cairns, in the Kimberleys or whatever else. It's not taking over. It's working with you know. But um, I think it was in 2007 when uh, there was a road trip done by Jackie Huggins to talk about a cultural centre and so forth. She came to Alice. I helped her chair a meeting. And the results of that meeting was very, very clear. People supported a, um, a national centre and they wanted that national centre in Alice Springs. And we put the, um, that information forward to that committee. We didn't hear anything back, of course. Just a quick one. Um, we're having problems with minings and that in our area. Can you help in? Uh, can you help with that, or like in Zin, um, the processes and help us fight against local mines in our local areas? I'd find that I'd find that it'd be difficult for this this centre to do that because it's a, it'd be seen as more local thing. Um, it, it could give the national narrative for that area, but in the end, it's for the it's supporting. It support, presumably, it could support the local people or connect them up with other groups across Australia who are already doing it or already have, have fights on their hands. But I can't see that this centre could take could and should take over people's own country or own right, own, own right fight and right for their country. So that'd be sort of go stepping over the line a bit, I think. Harold, if I, can I just talk to that a little bit? Yeah, um, yeah. This is exactly the sort of thing that we faced in WA with our alliance in that we had individuals from across WA looking for assistance to combat mining. So we've used our, our site as a place to link people up who have been successful in their battles and also to direct people to uh, pro bono uh, legal assistance and also to people who understand legislation, um, are fully versed in how miners operate and that sort of thing. So going back to what I said to you earlier, Harold, was that I would, I'm thinking that maybe a national cultural centre would have to serve that uh, awareness, uh, dissemination of information uh, process as well so that when individual traditional owner groups are looking for help to combat mining or any other ground disturbing activity, they've got a starting point. So yeah, that's it, what I was alluding to before. Yeah, it could work like that and if that, that's what comes out of this meeting then we'll just add it to the, add it to the um, if you like portfolio whatever you call it. Yeah, well, yeah. Well that could be just added in as a add on to the whatever. Thank, thanks very much, Harold. Um, I, I think it's great and um, it's good to see that you've got the support coming from the Northern Territory and hopefully it'll come from all over Australia and backing up what you said, you're talking about a network so it's not to take attention away from the different areas and their cultural centres but rather they have a connection and a combination to deliver all this. I, I just wanted to add to the concept 
Um, we had put in from Congress in the budget uh, 2014 that there be a National Indigenous Cultural Authority and that um, we were asking the government to put money aside to develop a business model. Um, what you're talking about um, doesn't necessarily deal with the fact that there is in place now international law or, or legal arrangements to protect traditional knowledge, to save um, Indigenous peoples being exploited th through their arts and their designs and so on. And I just thought that I would mention that because I think it would add to your idea that having a cultural centre like that can also help um, for uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander uh, um, artists and cultural pe people to protect their rights over their intellectual property. And another one that you'd be aware of that's operated for a long time is the return repatriation of cultural materials, which is also a, b a big thing. And I think when uh, John Heron was minister, um, he did invite proposals for a national indigenous keeping place for material that can't be provenanced. And at the moment we know that there's thousands of pieces of skeletal remains being held in a storehouse in Canberra that the government is gathering but not doing much in order to deal with it. So I just wanted to add strength to your proposal. I think it's really great. It needs to be keep on push because government is not encouraging any cultural development. In fact, the problem this year cuts to the Australia Council, and those cuts mean now that there's no longer an Aboriginal um, centre in the Australia Council, or, or, um, and the Arts Board we lost a long time ago as well, and so on. I think that it's time to really get back and push those things, and we'll, you know, we'll give every support we can to the development of this idea. Oh, that's great, thanks. Just in relation to that, are you aware that there's a, currently a position open in Prime Ministers for a Senior Executive Band 1 in Aboriginal Cultural Development. It's interesting. Interesting move. Can I... <laughs> yes. Um, Harold, I just wanted to say this is a fantastic idea. We've talked about it. You know that I'm very enthusiastic about this and I think that um, one of the challenges must be, you know, the tyranny of distance in terms of the kinds of connections that you seek to make all around the country with Aboriginal people who are involved in the protection of their cultural heritage. Do you see any way clear about a strategy for doing that, like the ways in which to bring <coughs> people? I mean, I guess I'm thinking of um, the usefulness of social media and are you looking at that to utilise that? Well, the, the, I too have been taken aback by the, the rise of the social media over the last few years in, in Australia. I mean, I'd read that um, about uh, the importance that it had in the, some of the revolutions in North, North, America, uh, North Africa, you know, the overthrow of um, various dictatorships in North, North was based around the communication systems by social media. And in Australia, we see this um, fairly significant rise thanks to, I think, particularly one that kicked off from, from WA and it's gone international. So how we can get over this tyranny of distance is an issue I think we need to deal with and we have to deal with it, but it's already there and it is a problem 
Um, we have that other problem, not just the tyranny of distance, but also the, the tyranny of the states. Um, or really it's the tyranny of the, the federal system, whereby we've got the six states, one Commonwealth that says they're the, who, you know, who's, who's sovereign, and you've got a Northern Territory that's basically nowhere, um, and then um, overladen by the, the, the country and the people who were here and still here. So we've got those tyrannies of distance and, 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 and multiplications of laws and regimes. Um, so we're, we're aware of that, and uh, it's a significant problem. Um, the town of Alice Springs has actually got to deal with that all the time because of its location. Uh, as I say, um, those state borders, South Australian state border and the West Australian state border, is a significant uh, issue. Is a significant issue for us because um, Adelaide, which controls that invisible line south, is over a thousand miles from Alice. I still use the old miles when I know them. Or fifteen hundred k's, I think, and Perth is probably two two thousand k's away. So we've got these lines across the desert that neither camels nor Aboriginal people take any notice of, and yet they're real and they exist and they control their lives. So we have these tyranny of distances and tyranny of jurisdictions um, already. And I guess what this proposal is about is trying to get over them. You know, if anyone needs to get over them or get past them, it's us as Indigenous people. How do we get past it? Because at the moment we're being played off. I believe we're being played off everywhere. This is going to be, have to be the last question. We're going to be breaking for lunch in a few minutes. <clears throat> I recently had the good fortune to go to Sedasi, the University of the Free Earth, or the University of the Earth in Chiapas in Mexico, and um, I noticed you had the New Mexico um, University on your presentation, but I, I was very amazed and impressed by the work that they do as a university, completely autonomous university, of linking people across Latin America, including specifically Mexico, but also linking scholars from, and activists from across the world, and, and Chappas is quite remote in a way, so I just think it would be a really good um, organisation to look at and make links to. And in fact, at the conference that I was at just last month, they, they encouraged all people from whichever country they were at, at, at this conference, to go back to their own country and work in their own country to spread the ideas of what they call sexta, which is the uh, revolutionary principles of the Zapatista movement, which is really about freedom and, and the liberation of the earth. So I think it's a really amazing university for your organisation to connect to. Could be great. Yeah. As I said, this is the first presentation or meeting I've had about outside of Central Australia. We have to have a, some for, a forum analysis calling people to come together, including 
representatives from North Africa, North America, and then from there, we're trying to continue from there. So slowly, slowly, uh, trying to bring you know bring people along, but it's working across. Okay. One more question, Sam, or no time? Sorry. Okay, thanks, Harold, and I'll just leave this. There's a pamphlet. I'll just leave it at the front there. Eh?